Welcome to Firefighting in Canada, the podcast, brought to you by AJ Stone, bringing innovative safety equipment and comprehensive service to the Ontario Fire Service. You've tuned in for compelling conversation on hot topics impacting Canada's fire service. I'm Hope BC Fire Chief Tom DeSorcy. It's a pleasure today to uh, talk with Gord Schreiner, Fire Chief from Comox Fire Department, uh, the Comox, uh, Comox Fire Department in Comox, British Columbia on Vancouver Island. Gord, uh, it's a pleasure to have you uh, join the podcast today. Well, thanks for the invite, Tom. We uh, we know you, those of us uh, across Canada, of course in British Columbia, for some of the topics you have uh, you have written about, you have spoken about, and I'm going to just touch briefly on Stop Bad. We read that in the uh, magazine of Firefighting in Canada, and of course uh, have seen you on tour. Uh, when did that uh, when did that begin the uh, the Stop Bad training? Well, probably for me, it started about 10 or 12 years ago. When Stop Bad is kind of an umbrella uh, term used for many different programs. Uh, I present nowadays. Um, it really came from a concept of um, we have to change some of the things we're doing in the way we train, whether it's uh, scene management, accountability, communications, and those things. So, kind of stop the bad stuff and it, and um, you know, change the direction. And, and it certainly leads right into what we're going to talk about today. So, has stop bad? Have you seen some progression over the time that you've uh, you've taught the program across Canada? Yeah, definitely, especially on the accountability side, or side where what I call call signs for life, um, it's uh, gotten even way bigger than I ever thought. So uh, just recently, I was traveling up to Port Hardy on the weekend here, and I noticed all the fire departments up there are using the call signs for life program and enjoying it. And most of them don't know where it came from, and that doesn't matter. The fact is, it's working for them, and uh, it's making for safer and more effective firefighting. I will I will uh, preface this to say that that Comox Fire is has always been a leader in 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 doing things differently in the fire service for for the better, and we wanted to talk today about the green initiatives, some of the stuff that you are doing and perhaps maybe taking from other fire departments, but also creating a new path and in going green. Uh, let's let's have a little background and what why and what spawned all this. Well, as we discussed, you know, we're fairly innovative here, and we're what I call a right-sized fire department. We're in a modest-sized community, about 20,000 people, one fire station only. And uh, so it's quite easy to make changes in an organization of this size, whereas sometimes the uh, larger ones can't change as quickly, and the smaller ones can't afford some of the changes that might uh, be desired. So on the environmental side, um, we realize, like many large organizations, um, that we need to continually try to improve our environmental footprint uh, that we uh, have in our community and you know world as a whole sort of thing. So to that part, um, we've done some very basic stuff, but we always also have done some more advanced stuff. So some of the basic stuff we've done is just uh, straight up recycling that um, you know most people would do in their own households. That we we really um, challenge ourselves and thrive in trying to be really good recyclers here, whether it's smoke alarms or fire extinguishers or you know, coffee cups or paper or cardboard and so on, um, you know, we, we think we got our black belts in recycling here now. Further to that, uh, about three or four years ago, we started an initiative where um, we're now capturing um, the water that we use for training. We have a training center here in Comox that's quite active. So we decided many years ago, it was um, it seemed a little frustrating for us to be using thousands of gallons of water and just seeing it go down the storm drains and out to the ocean here. So uh, we've now got a system in place where we capture water. We actually store about 20,000 gallons of water on our site here. 
and we recycle that water over and over and over again in our training center and for our weekly practices and stuff like that. So uh, it's, that's one of the, the bigger initiatives we've had, but um, quite frankly, it wasn't all that expensive for us to do. Uh, it works very well. Um, you know, it's something that we had to think out a little bit, but uh, again, we use it extensively. And today we think we save uh, well over a million liters of water a year in um, in our training and so on. So, uh, you know, a great initiative with that. Was it easy to to implement this, or is it just something that was be- become part of the operation of the training division? Well, a bit of both. It, it, it was easier than I expected. Having said that, you know, it does require um, digging holes in the training area to capture water. So we've got a couple large containers out there. One holds 1,000 gallons, which captures the, uh, the main um, water. Once water enters that uh, chamber, um, it gets a bit filtered, and then it goes into a 20,000-gallon storage chamber from there. Um, when we require water, we have a pump that will pump it back out at the pressures we need to supply our pre-connect lines and supply fire engines and so on. So, you know, there was some capital investment. We probably invested about uh, upwards of $20,000 to do this. But, um, you know, over the three years, it's worked remarkably well. Um, and we're very impressed with it. And, um, you yeah, we're, we're very pleased with what's happened. The other side of this whole thing is um, we also capture rainwater out there. And... Um, it does rain a little bit here on Vancouver Island, so we have opportunities here from time to time to um, uh, refresh the water system out there or refill it if it's been uh, down for whatever reason uh, just by capturing rain. Once our system is full, then the water just bypasses the system and will go down the storm uh, system as it would normally have done in the past anyhow. So we're capturing rainwater, which is great on a fairly large footprint we have out here of hard surfaces. Uh, we're recycling the water. And again, it just makes a lot of sense that we're taking this valuable treated water that you know we have in our hydrants here that people use for drinking and so on, and we're not wasting it as we've done in the past. We're we're just getting a, a lot more use out of the water we have now. So. By taking by taking a certain path and, and starting to say reclaim water, a simple initiative that uh, did take some capital investments. Does one green initiative sort of begot another green initiative? Yeah, exactly. You know, once we start doing that, then we start thinking about what else we can do. Um, <clears throat> first off, what else can we do with the water? So this uh, captured rainwater we also use on a, a fire department garden we have here. We've got the, um, not a huge garden, but we, we grow a few vegetables here in the right season, and we use a captured rainwater to use that. And then from there, we also look at other initiatives. So in our training area, just uh, touching on that a bit more, we've changed out our um, our street lights out there, we've got uh, several lights out on uh, large telephone poles, like a street light type situation. We've changed those all out to solar uh, LED lights. Um, weren't really sure how that was going to work for us, but it was working fine. And uh, so we're quite impressed with that. Uh, so again, another initiative there. And, and you know, just more and more and more, we're, we're uh, doing other things. We have a live fire burn building here in our training center. So we would run um, Class A fires, you know, many times a year creating smoke and heat and, and so on. Uh, over the last couple of years, we've bought the um, digital type fire um, displays with artificial smoke makers. And um, now we're using those extensively in our weekly training and our uh, weekend training. And we're very impressed with the product there too. Uh, very realistic fires, um, a lot safer for our firefighters in terms of the heat and also the um, cancer type uh, footprint that would be involved with that. Uh, again, a, a bit of a capital investment there. We spent probably $40,000 on those initiatives alone. But we're recovering a lot of that money by uh, running our training center and training other firefighters here and, and so on. And I, I got to say that the artificial fires have been wonderful. Um, you know, it, it 
changes the way we can teach people because um, there's less danger involved. Um, we still do have live fire from time to time, the Class A type fire, but we're using a lot less of it and, again, reducing our environmental footprints in that area alone. You're talking about member benefits, actually, when you talk about the uh, the safety factor. Does this initiative and these other ongoing initiatives about going green, does it do a lot for the members of your department? Yeah, exactly. I think we could tie all this stuff together, um, not only to make the memberships uh, feel better that they're doing the right things, but healthier too. So just a recent comment on the live fire initiatives. Um, you know, we have live fire weekends where we'd have a couple of our staff work as what we call techies out there, um, you know, managing the fires. Uh, quite often they would report they're exhausted after a weekend of doing live fire training. Uh, recently we had a weekend where we use the uh, digital fires for at least 50% of our um, fire runs out there. And the staff out there reported that they felt less fatigue um, and so on. And it just stands to make sense. They're not working in the hot environments as much and, uh, you know, much healthier for them. So, so yeah, there's there's a lot of positive things that can happen about this with this type of initiatives. And, of course, we're letting our community know all about this, too. And uh, they're quite pleased with the way we're, uh, we're trying to operate. And the members had no issue with getting on board. No, uh, there was some skepticism, including from myself, the chief, um, when we talked about doing these digital fires. Uh, are they going to be real? Are they going to be realistic enough to get the training that we want? And I was a bit skeptical about the whole thing, but uh, I've got to say it's fooled me a few times. On some of the practice nights, I'll go out to our burn building and see a fire in the building and uh, smoke coming out of the windows, and I, I would look at that as a very experienced firefighter saying, wow, that looks it looks like a real fire. And then as I approach, I realize it's the artificial fire. So it, it can fool an old guy like me. Maybe I'm not too hard to fool some t- days, but uh, you know they do look very realistic. And again, our instructors and our firefighters here are very pleased with the, the product. So. What about the public engagement? Uh, what has this done for the perception uh, for the citizens and, and such? I mean, your your fire hall, I've been there. It's it's in a neighborhood, and it must uh, it must have some positive impact. Yeah, it's got a positive impact with the neighbors and also with our council. You know, with our um, recent elections here in, in our uh, province here about a year ago, we have a very um, environmentally sensitive council right now. And they're very pleased with the initiatives that we have done at the fire department, both before they were elected and stuff that we're moving forward with. So they're looking at us as a champion in, in a lot of these areas. Um, and so it's been a really positive public perception with what we're doing, and, and again, with council, which is really important with us. You know, a few other things I'll touch on is um, uh, plastic single-use water bottles. So we've tried to um, reduce the use of those. We used to buy pallets of those in our training center and so on. Uh, we still carry those on the trucks because we really haven't found a good way to um, avoid that thing. But in the training center now, when a student comes here for training, we give them a multi-use um, uh, plastic drinking bottle with our name on it. And then we put uh, fill stations out around the training center so they can fill up their water bottles over and over again. With our own firefighters, they're all issued two stainless steel water bottles when they join us uh, with their names on them. And again, they're encouraged to fill those up for training sessions and so on. And, and so we're just trying to reduce our use of single plastic. And again, from the chief perspective, I can tell you that we're saving a lot of money in not buying a lot of these plastic single-use water bottles. As I noted, however, we're still using them on our operational side on the fire trucks and so on. Going green when any business does it is certainly not 
uh, not cheap. Uh, and again, as you mentioned, there are some some opportunities for capital cost improvements. There are some money savings, as you said, without having to purchase some of the bottles. But is this now a capital or a budget line item as, uh, uh, for your operations? Definitely, it is a budget line item. As I mentioned, we have a very environmentally sensitive council. So looking forward in our next year budget, we're already uh, budgeting for items um, for example, we're budgeting for uh, battery-type tools. So thinking about fans, for example, uh, currently we use gas-powered fans. We're looking at buying some of the newer um, battery-operated fans. Again, uh, reducing our environmental footprint on running the small gas motors and so on. Um, uh, converting other tools to, to um, uh, battery-powered. And so, you know, battery-powered is, um, is getting way better in the last few years. Mm-hmm. So the, that's a big improvement for us. Um, around the fire station here uh, last year, we already upgraded some uh, uh, heating and cooling in the fire hall. We went with the mini split type systems in the fire hall here, so we're reducing our um, electricity bills and improving our working conditions in the building with the air conditioning and, and heating in here and, and so on. Uh, further to that, we're, we've bought ourselves a smaller vehicle, what we call a squad, and we're using that um, uh, for a lot of our runs now, so we're avoiding using the bigger engines uh, when we can. Uh, we're shutting down engines more often when we can and using um, emergency lighting uh, anyhow, but not running the trucks. Uh, LED lighting takes a lot less power. So there's just so many different things we're doing these days. Uh, we're looking at solar panels on the fire station here in the future uh, to reduce our uh, electrical consumption off the grid. Uh, we've converted most of our lighting in the fire station here to LED lighting over the years now. And by the way, my fire station is 40 years old, and uh, you know we're continuing trying to improve it. Uh, you know, low flow toilets and things like that. So there's just so many initiatives, and and some of them could be capital intensive, but a lot of them aren't. So. I, I would think, and you and you are, you've already a- answered the question in terms of the fire uh, line, in terms of the actual calls, where the fire service uh, notoriously not really interested in in the environment when it comes to uh, to an emergency but it's mm-hmm. something that uh, that you've obviously taken uh, taken to heart and 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 are attempting to address yeah and i totally agree with you there tom we've kind of ignored that over the years in the fire service thinking you know we go to these emergencies and we really don't have to consider the environment uh, as as much as maybe we we are today so i think that's going to be a focus in the future i kind of look at it like if we think back years ago we never had writ writ teams in the fire stations and stuff like that maybe safety officers and this is just another change in the fire service that you know we're going to have environmental if we don't have environmental officers in our organizations we're certainly going to have environmental awareness in our stations as we move forward. Um, one of the things, uh, responding to incidents, uh, just looking at my notes here, uh, one of the neat things we did last year is we purchased ourselves a vehicle fire blanket. So this is a fireproof blanket that's about 20 by 30 uh, feet uh, in size. And the idea is if you show up to a vehicle on fire, you can cover the uh, vehicle with the blanket, uh, tuck in the corners of the blanket, uh, smothering the vehicle of, uh, of air, and the fire will go out. Um, very... Um, common in Europe, very uncommon in North America. But the neat thing about this type of uh, tool, which is a very simple tool, is the uh, environmental uh, impact it can create um, very very quickly. It can change the smoke, for example. It shuts the smoke down almost automatically. And the runoff that we would typically have with a vehicle fire where we're spraying uh, copious amounts of water on it and flushing stuff down the drain, you know, whether it be oils or gas or other products coming off the car, we can avoid all that too. So um, we picked up ours about a year ago. We're carrying it on one of our rigs now. Um, we've trained extensively with it. Uh, we haven't used it yet for a real fire um, because we kind of require the right fire for this type of blanket. 
the the blanket we bought is um, not uh, large enough for a pickup truck, for example, but it's good enough for a medium-sized to small-sized vehicle. So we're looking forward to having a vehicle fire one of these days where we get to use it and get some pictures and just see, uh, prove that uh, the technology works really well. I think that your initiative of of, uh, of the environment and protection of it certainly would resonate in your community. I mean, you're on the coast, you're you're on Vancouver Island, right by the ocean. Uh, I can, yeah, the runoff of, of the foams and all the materials that you're putting into into fish bearing fish bearing waters uh, mm-hmm. is certainly going to go a long way for for well for the environment for public relations uh, for member I would think the members benefit from that in in terms of the uh, the morale. Yeah, definitely uh, morale improvement. And as you know, that this is you know the West Coast is typically a very green and you know healthy environment. But you know this is applicable right across the country. You know we all need to adjust the way we're doing business. Um, and you mentioned the members' morale, and that's, that's certainly important. But uh, going going back to the, my last uh, conversation about the fire blanket, also the m- members' health and safety. So again, shutting down these fires a little bit quicker by putting a blanket over top of them instead of hitting them with, uh, you know, pre-connects for five, ten, fifteen minutes trying to extinguish a fire. It just makes so much sense. We're going to again reduce the use of water, reduce the wear and tear on our firefighters, and and so on. So. So you say, you Good. mentioned you have plans for solar uh, solar at, at the fire hall. What other what other I guess what other aspects of the fire operation uh, in general are you starting to think about could be done a little bit better? Well, you know, look, there's so many things we can do in the fire service because we're such a you know large type organization in the sense that we have staff, we have consumption of products in the buildings, we have the facilities themselves, we have the vehicles and so on. So, you know, in the facilities, we, you know, I mentioned a few of the things already, low flow toilets, um, occupancy sensors on lights in, in rooms, for example. So when people walk out, uh, lights go out, um, programmable thermostats. So when people leave the building, the heat can be dropped down a few degrees and, and things like that. So all these little things make a difference. LED lighting, uh, and again, we're in a 40-year-old uh, fire station here, but we're looking at all these things to improve uh, our our footprint. In the vehicles, you know, we mentioned some of the things we can talk about. And uh, as fire des- fire engine design changes, I think we're going to see a lot of things there. Um, more battery technology on the fire engines. You know, for many years now, you can buy fire engines with auxiliary power units on them or batteries on them. So when you do arrive at a scene like a motor vehicle accident and stuff like that, you can shut down the big uh, diesel motor on the fire engine and run on LED lighting off the batteries, and that just makes a lot of sense that we're not uh, creating that environmental um, footprint there. But also, again, the health and the safety of our firefighters not breathing the diesel that might be or the exhaust that's coming out of the vehicle right beside the drivers or our patients and you know customers and so on. So. For those for those listening today that think this might be a way to go in the fire hall in their department, no matter how small, in particular if it is a small department, what 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 do you need to to be on board for this? What where did where does a department start? Well, I think you start with the small things, and I think you look maybe look at your facilities first and see what changes you can make in there to uh, to make those small steps. And again, a lot of them don't have to be. Um, that expensive and they don't have to be done all overnight but it's just a you know we've been doing this for years now you know thinking about the station here itself you know changing led lighting um you know one time we did the our classroom and another time we're doing our offices and now we're doing the truck bays and, and so on so a little bit at a time and you know include a little bit of money in your budget when you can and some of it's just regular maintenance and uh, again here we renovated bathrooms so we put in low flow toilets and and just things like that so uh and then in terms of equipment, you know, if you're looking at buying new equipment, maybe think about, you know, battery technology for fans instead of gas-powered and 
you know, maybe think about a fire blanket and as other departments um, have more success with them, it might be an easier sell to your community and, and stuff like that. So, Going green can certainly be a, a chore. It can be a challenge if you want to do it all the way. Uh, sure. But certainly as a department, you, you probably don't really have to tell anybody that you're doing it just to get things flowing, I guess. No, exactly. You don't have to, you know, tell anybody. I mean, we did champion uh, the, the water system here when we did the water recycling about three years ago. We did make a big splash on that. In fact, that was covered by some local television stations and so on because that was a big deal. You know, there was a capital investment there, and uh, it was, again, it was something we could be proud of. But the smaller stuff, you just chip away at it and, and so on. And uh, you know, I, I don't think we have a choice. I think we have a responsibility to uh, do our part in protecting the environment. And again, the the days are gone by where we can think that we we don't have to be involved, or you know, we we are a large part of that. You know, how can we help? We help in so many ways. We help rescuing people. You know, why don't we help rescue our our environment? What's the next step for the fire service? Uh, do we have electric fire trucks in our future? Well, I think we do. You know, that's a good point too, Thomas. I think we'll see that. I mean, you know, we've seen you know on the news uh, Tesla or other groups doing large transport trucks and stuff. So I think the technology will be there eventually. What we can uh, have either electric or rechargeable or hybrid type vehicles. Uh, you know, I also strongly believe I think we're going to see us uh, generally going to smaller vehicles in the fire service. You know, um, you know, many fire departments are going to electric vehicles for some of their staff vehicles, and that's something we're looking at already. Is we have uh, three staff vehicles here. We've already got a in our long-term planning um, to replace our fire prevention vehicle with an electric vehicle. So, you know, I think all those things. I mean, it just makes common sense and. Uh, you know, we seem to be doing a lot here, but I'm sure a lot of other departments are doing the same. A final thought, are are we ahead of the curve uh, when it comes to this, these initiatives in the world, or are we still behind? I don't know. Either would be correct. I'd, I would like to think we're right in the middle, maybe. You know, I'm not sure what a lot of other countries are doing, but... Uh, um, you know, it's certainly something that's not going away. I mean, you just watch the news every day and the environment. It's all about the environment these days. And we need to do our part. And uh, and again, it doesn't have to be expensive, but it has to be an ongoing uh, thing with your fire department. I mentioned earlier, you know, one of the things we're, we're seriously talking about here is appointing an environmental uh, officer or champion in our organization. Somebody that kind of keeps an eye and makes sure we're doing the right things and comes up with more suggestions and so on. And and a little bit of discipline every once in a while we'll see somebody not doing the recycling that we want to have happen here and you know just somebody to, to do the educational piece of that to make sure we're all doing it nobody adapts better than the fire service well hopefully you know as we've noted there's things a couple of things we don't like is uh, change in the way things are so I appreciate it, uh, Gord. Gord Schreiner, uh, Fire Chief in Comox, British Columbia, and look forward to uh, to reading more uh, about uh, about your green initiatives ongoing and, and in the future. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Thanks for the opportunity to do this, and uh, look forward to talking again. Thank you for joining Firefighting in Canada, the podcast, brought to you by A.J. Stone, bringing innovative safety equipment and comprehensive service to the Ontario Fire Service. Visit firefightingincanada.com for more episodes.